In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. Hey guys, Ben Kissel here to remind you about our move to Spotify. This show, along with all your other LPN favorites, is going exclusive to Spotify on Valentine's Day 2020. That means you'll only be able to listen to this episode, future episodes, and our entire back catalog of shows over on Spotify starting on February 14th. If you haven't tried Spotify, it's free and easy to download and use on any device, no credit card needed. Just download the app, search your favorite LPN shows on Spotify, and listen to all our episodes like you normally would. No matter what kind of account you choose, you can always download for offline listening for free. This show and all your favorite music in one place? What are you waiting for? Listen to The Last Podcast Network free on Spotify. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, we can't get fooled again. Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Ben Kissel here, hanging out with this young whippersnapper, Travis Morningstar. Oh, hey, Ben, I'm just playing with my new, um, the Shadow app on my phone. Oh, oh. Oh, actually, my phone just burst into flames. So never mind. Let's Whoa! let's just keep let's just keep going. Let's just keep going. Nothing to see here. Everything is fine. Democracy is doing good. Nothing to see here, folks. Iowa happened. We're gonna talk yes. a little bit about that. There was a caucus in Iowa. People spent a lot of time, a lot of their busy Iowaian days. One of their days was spent caucusing. And it was a, um, I'm going to call it a cluster app. This is the road, this is the road to 2020 as told by Cormac Cormac McCarthy. This is, it's post-apocalyptic at this point. I love it. So we're going to talk about the results of Iowa. We finally have them. That's why, uh, you know, this week's episode, I was like, we're going to get this episode out (laughs) top of the week, right after Monday's caucus. And then boom, the caucus took an entire week, which is not supposed to do. But it did. Well, we were kept, we were kept in limbo for a week, and we were still kind of in limbo. It's, it's not fully it's yeah, not we'll, fully reported. We'll go with what we got for now. It's ninety nine percent reported, so I think we got a pretty big uh, or pretty good understanding of where the folks are where the folks are in Iowa when it comes to their thinking on who they would like to be, who they would like to see filling the Oval Office in 2020. So let's talk about uh, that. We will also, so we'll talk about Iowa. We'll also talk about impeachment. The vote happened and it was a surprise to no one except for there was a one hero. There was one, yes, he might be a cultist. 
Sure, he follows the words of a pedophile, but my God, his hair is still perfect. And it took a hero to stand up and say, nay, nay, Mr. President. Mitt Romney, of course, he voted uh, guilty on one article of impeachment, not the other. And of course, the entire case that Adam Schiff and Jerry Nadler and those other old, wonderful geriatrics were making was that if you vote if you vote guilty on one, then there, then he must be guilty on both. But uh, evidently, Mitt Romney was able to choose uh, whichever one he wanted to vote guilty on and then whichever one he wanted to vote acquit on. And that's what he did. So we'll talk a little bit about that. We're also going to discuss what that means going forward for the Democratic Party and for the Republican Party and for the Donald Trump campaign. We're already seeing the political ads are everywhere. And my God, what an exciting 30 seconds of propaganda they are. We will also talk about the State of the Union, which was the State of the Union. It's it's fun. It was fun. You know, it was it was theatrical. It was out there. You could tell he spoke with Bill Shine, his boy over at Fox News. I'm talking about Donald Trump, of course. Bill Shine, the man behind Fox News. He made it what it was, which is a leg chair short dresses, and, you know, news with a little bit of flair. Donald Trump took a page out of Bill Shine's book, out of his reality television show past, and boom, created a presentation for the ages. That was the State of the Union. Of course, the State of the Union, it began under Ronald Reagan. At this point, we get so little information, it's only a tool for propaganda from the government. I would almost say cancel the damn thing because uh, we're going to go through some of the lies, some of the misconceptions and some of the misleading statements coming from Donald Trump. And of course, we'll talk about the petty nonsense that went on between he and Nancy Pelosi. Did you see that, Travis? Yes, she slayed. Queen slayed. Yeah, she she ripped up the paper. She she ripped it up. She didn't rip up the, you know, like the billions of dollar uh, military spending bill that no, she approved no, no. from Trump, but she did she did rip up that um, complimentary speech that she was given. She ripped uh, it up. That was so that was like, whoa, queen. Wow. I can't believe you can't believe you ripped it. Like she, it doesn't change anything. But she but did, look, she clapped back. She and, did. Uh, and Trump was hurt. Trump was. Was he? He's maimed by it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I don't stand that at all. And I apologize to everyone listening because I sounded like a jackass right there. Um, Yeah. So Trump didn't shake her hand. She ripped up his speech. We'll talk a little bit about all of that superficial stuff. But of course, we're going to, as we always do on this show, get into some of the substance of what Donald Trump actually said in the State of the Union behind or beyond all of the pomp and circumstance. But before we do that, let us go back to what we were talking about. Let's talk Iowa. Two big takeaways. Number one, biggest takeaway, even bigger than Buttigieg ascent, is the descent of Joe Biden, a man who had 100% name recognition, who had four years to get a ground campaign going, to get that enthusiasm up, to get everyone who said, I want the Obama era back. He had every chance in the world, millions and millions of dollars spent. And all that got him was a few thousand votes <laughs> and a total of six whoppers. 
delegates, yeah. six whopping delegates. Those are some whoppers right there, my friend. Th- this was like if you were taking your grandpa to Hardee's and then he Aww. just opened the door of the van that you were in and did a barrel roll out onto the street. Like he's <laughs> goodbye, bye. He just like he's gone. Like Aww. this is this not. Uh, are we not saying goodbye to Joe Biden with we'll, the Iowa caucus? We'll have to see what happens in New Hampshire. He's not polling particularly well in New Hampshire at this point. We're going to talk about that here in uh, as an as an attachment to Iowa. Of course, that is coming up February 11th is the New Hampshire primary. Oh, I love that word primary. So we don't have to say the word caucus and we won't have to talk about apps or shadow incorporated. But yeah, I have I mean, some insight on uh, who created that, by the way. And people who work for the government in tech, they didn't get the best and the brightest. That's all I'm going to say on that. It's a whole, I mean, that is a whole, so a lot of people are talking about the Iowa caucus being corruption. There's a lot of there's a lot of uh, controversy, of like, is this actual in-your-face corruption or is this incompetence? And I think I, at this point, it doesn't really matter. No. It, it, the, the two have converged into one clusterfucky conspiracy uh endemic of incompetence at this point yeah sadly i corruption almost gives me no, more faith in it, government exactly like, corruption is like i wish the dnc could be corrupt you know the way the rnc was corrupt enough to have brian kemp be in charge of the voter rolls in georgia as he campaigned for senate against stacey abrams and magically won after purging tens of thousands of people off the voter roll that kind of corruption is what i crave it is it is amazing to know that there were so many people who canvassed in the blistering cold of iowa to support their candidate uh-huh. whoever it was and then for all that to sort of be virtually erased by the establishment democrats choosing to hire like two uh, two like s- graduate students who finished a virtual diploma on codeacademy.com well to make their app in two months i guarantee you whoever made that app went to yale went to harvard they're the best and the brightest and uh, again it is the illusion of intelligence every single person i know that went to ivy league schools i'm either smarter than or they are slightly um now they're always kind of dumber they really have no people skills whatsoever i don't understand why people still put so much credence on ivy league schooling they don't learn anything more than you learn. As a matter of fact, they probably learn less because they're pampered and never actually had to work a day in their lives and refuse to take any kind of criticism. So people just say, well, you're paying enough money to go to this school. Why don't you just write your essay on how, uh, you know, hangnails are racist and we'll and we'll call it a day and you can get an A and then you can go work for one of these government administrations and ruin elections like what we just saw in Iowa. Of course, on a bright note, you need 1,990 delegates to win. You need to um, get a majority of 1,990 delegates. So Iowa, it's only 41. It's not the biggest number in the world, and this is just the beginning. On a bright note, at least it happened now. If this was a super or if it does become a super contentious, close race between someone like a Buttigieg and someone like a Bernie, at least this doesn't happen in California. At least this just like hopefully we got the bugs out. The Democratic Party got the bugs out. And I do want to say also this is not about the DNC on a national level, although, of course, it's reflective. That's just the way that people are going to see it. This was the local uh, Democratic chapter in Iowa. 
that I'm going to say biffed it. They, yeah. But at the same time, maybe the DNC should have gone in and been like, so how are things going? You know, this is a pretty big deal. We've had four years to get ready for this. Uh, oh, what's that? You're introducing new tech four months out before the caucus. Let's nix it. And why don't we just we'll do some more testing and maybe in 2024 we can have this really great new app that makes voting even more difficult. So not only did they roll out a new app right before the caucus, though they they introduced a new rule about what what uh, results to include for the the with the results of the Iowa caucus. There is a there's the first alignment where people choose their their main candidate and then mm-hmm. there's the second alignment where if you if your candidate doesn't get sort of over 15% you have to sort of dis- disperse amongst the 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 bigger uh, more viable candidates. Yes, if your candidate doesn't get over 15%, they're not viable. They're yes. dead. They're they're murdered. They're killed. And I was happy to see uh Yang's supporters they like willingly gave themselves over to Bernie uh as a, as a show of support. Um but and then the the third result is the the delegates thing, which is uh, apparently the the sort of the end all be all of mm-hmm. the Iowa caucus is the delegates. Oh yeah. But then but at the same time they are also releasing every, all three stages of those results and then asking people to sort of like read the tea leaves of the situation. And in this situation where Buttigieg and Sanders are neck and neck, that shit sucks. I mean it, it was just a bad system rolled out horribly and at the last minute and so you had a bunch of septuagenarians trying to use an app like all of these old people have like three different mcdonald's uh, monopoly apps on their phones well the mcdonald's game was a scam that's right i did watch that documentary please <laughs> don't do it the Mc- you never could have won the 25k can you believe that but you can't get heart disease so that's true but i mean it, it was just all rolled out so horribly it was horrible the the Last idea that should ever be approved is let's give boomers new tech. Boomers don't need new tech. They're destroying the tech we have right now. They made Facebook untenable. So never, ever introduce new tech to boomers, not just any boomers. And I'm not maligning the people of Iowa here, but let's just say they're not Silicon Valley. So you just introduced a new app that you had to download an app to even download, which is confusing even to me. As a uh, relatively competent, mildly competent person in this modern world that we live in, I'm not going to be able to work behind the scenes of any of these apps, but I understand the notion of downloading one. By the way, you can download Spotify for free (laughs) and listen to Abe Lincoln's Top Hat as of February 14th, exclusive on Spotify. So they introduced this new tech to the boomers, and as we saw, it was a disaster. But let's just give the results really quick sure. here so people can have... As of today, as of Friday. As of... We just got... Literally just got them this morning. Yes. That is why we were... I mean, it's still 99%, and that 1% could change. Honestly, it could change because of the satellite caucuses. There are so many weird things happening here that nothing is off the table for me. Let's just say that this is what it is for the sake yes, of... of course. ...argument, because I think this is what it is for the campaigns. Buttigieg coming in. At 26.2% total with 13 delegates pledged. Bernie Sanders nipping at his heels, 26.1% with 12 delegates pledged. 18% uh, Elizabeth Warren with 8 delegates. Biden, as we said, got 6. And Amy Klobuchar coming up with 1. Why is this so controversial for Bernie Sanders and Pete Buttigieg? 
because Bernie Sanders in the final votes received 45,826 and Buttigieg received 43,195. So rationale would would tell you, oh, I guess Bernie probably got a few more delegates, right? Yeah, right. But that's not the way it works in Iowa. You may say, why doesn't it work like that in Iowa? Because they have a micro of what we have in our national elections. They give more delegates to rural areas to represent those areas as to not be overrun by the crazy, in some people's minds, liberals that might be living in these rat infested cities such as des moines des moines uh, which yeah. we have been to and i love des moines i love des moines but it is not exactly a booming metropolis well i it's very nice i'm just saying it's not exactly like when you think of an urban setting des moines isn't philadelphia yeah des moines uh their phil their, you know their new york philharmonic is like the slipknot museum which is pretty awesome. It, and yes, Slipknot really, is it really is really is amazing. Slipknot is Iowa. Thank you for Slipknot Iowa. I love their masks. Their music can be a little aggressive, but I love their passion, and that's what and I love. And their new it. album, it rocks. Indeed, indeed, it does. So that is why Buttigieg ended up with more delegates because he won the rural vote. Bernie won the urban vote. Now, as we talked about many, many weeks ago on this show, Buttigieg has had corporate headquarters. It was Buttigieg and Warren that had the two most corporate headquarters in Iowa. I want to say they both had around 126. And so this wasn't that big of a surprise to people that were following Buttigieg on the ground. He's a mayor of a Midwestern uh, of a Midwest town, obviously South Bend. He's got a little bit of pizzazz. As a matter of fact, the people of Iowa said they reminded him of a younger Barack Obama. I remember when Barack Obama was considered like a little too young to even be president. But apparently we're going younger and younger looking down the barrel of a 38 year old. Seriously, in this the eyes of Iowa is like the best place for Pete Buttigieg. It's so, great. I mean, this is the best he is going to perform in any state, I think. Well, we we will see because the one thing that Iowa provides, it puts a little fuel in the gas tank. And Buttigieg, he definitely got fueled up. Bernie, this was not a wash for Bernie. It was reminiscent of 2016. I think did, Bernie did not underperform. Bernie performed as well as he expected to. He, so it's right. not. It's, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it, it's it's like yes, the the. The gas tank was full and, you know, you, you, you wasted about 20% of it. But, you know, you're back, you filled up, and you're doing just fine. But Buttigieg, if he didn't do well in Iowa, that thing was – he was running on empty. And it would have been much more difficult for him to get momentum going into New Hampshire and then, of, of course, eventually here going into Super Tuesday. And now, of course, as we saw, Buttigieg was able to get a 4% boost in New Hampshire, making him neck and neck with Bernie. So it is – the biggest winner here has been Buttigieg. The person who was just sort of static, the person who broke even is Bernie, which is great for a casino, not necessarily great for presidential politics. And the biggest loser by far is Joe Biden. Second to that is Elizabeth Warren, who spent a lot of money and had a huge ground game in Iowa, but just wasn't able to close it up when people were deciding yeah, their Ber final vote. Bernie is... This is not his first rodeo. He he lost to Hillary by like 0.25. Like it, it was such a small margin between her and himself in the in 2016. 
Um, but yeah, Bernie was aware that if turnout wasn't super high, he wouldn't do as well as he had hoped. And mm-hmm. in turnout in this caucus was middling at best. It was the same as 2016. Not a lot of enthusiasm. Not a lot of enthusiasm. It's yeah. also freaking February, but in Iowa, it's a horrible. I, for one, am not even totally against the idea of a caucus, but the way that Iowa does it is so freaking weird. I hope it's the last one, honestly. But they need uh, to change. Uh, well, you know what is it? What is some? What is a contest like this supposed to do? It's supposed to winnow the field, and has it done that really at all? No, nobody well, had to drop out. Nobody had to. No, we basically learned that Biden is a scarecrow, like a, a stuffed shirt, because nobody actually supports him. Um, at least as far as uh, the Iowa well, caucus I don't is know, concerned. Though. I think that Iowa, it's. Basically, this, I mean, Andrew Yang, for example, Yang Gang, hashtag, this is another, and I love Andrew Yang, but this is another perfect example of social media uh, intensity not registering at the polls. Because if you go online, Yang Gang is everywhere. They're loud and they're proud. But it didn't resonate in the votes, which is, of course, what matters. Yang Gang, I think underperformed a little bit coming in at around 1%. And then as Travis said, of course, uh, his supporters, obviously he not being a viable candidate at that point, did tend to go towards Bernie Sanders. And anti-establishment, which makes total sense. Of course, that makes total sense. Um, But what we did learn, I will also say, is that um, we learned, you know, I've said this before, Why do with an election this long and drawn out, we learn more than we'd like to know about some of the candidates. We learned that Pete, Pete Buttigieg is kind of a, a creep i mean he like with the early results coming out for bernie before even uh at zero percent uh results turnout uh Buttigieg went on tv to announce his victory like i mean you say whole, creep i say psychic whole handedly just wholeheartedly uh i won and uh we've shocked the nation you know is what he said i'm actually not even gonna demonize him for that because that's on the democratic party to get the votes out it is like, okay, what do you want me to say? I have to go talk to these people. What well, do you want my message to be? To be like, we'll see you tomorrow. It's like, we got to move on. This campaign is now full swing ahead. We, It is going to be almost every week, a few weeks away. It's going to be another debate. It's going to be another primary. You got to get a message out. And in, by, in Buttigieg's defense, he stole the headline that he won. And it in, in a world of get it first, in this case, accidentally also getting it right. I don't know if it was the wrong strategy. Well, that's certainly is it is it is it, is it correct? No. Is it like morally right? I, I mean, don't think so. What you're saying but is politics is are not cer- really morally right. That is certainly the message that MSNBC and and all those uh, news outlets were were trying to say is like it doesn't matter what happens now because Buttigieg is the winner in our mind. And you had a lot of articles um, like in Slate where it was like how Pete won the Iowa caucus like on Tuesday morning. Uh, after not like not even half of the uh, the results had been released, and those articles like that are definitely bolstering this idea that Buttigieg is the nominee, and that Sanders it has like some kind of throwaway campaign where it, where it's clearly not the case. Sanders is I don't like, think anyone thinks Sanders has a throwaway campaign. I mean, well, on, I can't imagine that Slate would be particularly super pro Pete Buttigieg. I know they've given no, a lot they, of pro uh, Bernie Sanders. Well, I do want to play this audio. So here's a clip from MSNBC. Uh, Sanders is in. Uh, they're showing. They're showing some footage of Sanders in New Hampshire. Okay. And he's basically saying, "Look, I had 
more votes than Buttigieg. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just sort of stating that plainly. That's a fact. And then here's here's MSNBC's response to that. Oh, do we have to listen to them? Yeah. Okay. For the very strong victory they gave us at the Iowa caucuses on Monday night, some 6,000 more Iowans came out on caucus night to support our candidacy than the candidacy of anyone else. And when 6,000 more people come out for you in an election uh, than your nearest opponent, uh, we here in northern New England call that a victory. I can't find that. <laughs> Who called it? It's not on my. Didn't he tie with Mayor Pete, like the 37 year old, not even anymore mayor? Well, and you know what's sad? Um, not to not to tar him with the same brush, but I mean, that how he's disingenuous to say the least. He's not telling the truth. I mean, part of the problem with Iowa was, and what, what everything we've learned about elections since 2000 is, what do you want to do? Simplify, simplify, simplify. What did the Iowa do in the caucuses? They made it more complex. They had three different metrics. So what Bernie is doing is counting that first metric of people who came in that night willing to support Bernie, but many of whom switched to Mayor Pete. Mayor Pete, I, my heart goes out to him because having covered many Iowa caucuses and looked for that headline at 11 o'clock or, or midnight, he would have gotten these incredible headlines, the same headlines that Barack Obama had in 2008. All right. Also, we have the situation. Of course, that's MSNBC. That is the spin from MSNBC, which is why anytime Look, you listen to a State of the Union or a presidential debate, turn it off as soon as they're like, and now it's time for analysis because those people are paid shells for one Sanders or another. Literally, Sanders said, this is how many more votes I got. That's it. And then MSNBC says, he's disingenuous. And of course- Because one of the results of the of the, of the the results was uh, of the Iowa caucus was, yes, Bernie Sanders got way more votes. More people came out for Sanders. Yes. And so what were they what were they talking about there? Right. So what was Bernie talking about? Bernie was talking about the first vote that was Bernie got the people who were just like, I love Bernie. And then some people who love Bernie were like, all right, I can go with Mayor Pete. Not exactly sure the um, ideological scale that those people uh, focused on when it comes to politics. But that's why these votes are always so interesting. First votes, Bernie got forty three thousand six hundred and seventy one. Buttigieg got 37,557. Therefore, Bernie says, first vote, I got 6,000 more. Nothing disingenuous about that. More humans came out for me. 6,000. And in an election of this size, 6,000 is a good amount of people. When the final votes were cast, even if those people wanted to be right and be like, okay, he's not right about the 6,000. Let's say, okay, sure. Yeah. He still... (laughs) He still got over 2,000 more. And as we said, with 45,826, as opposed to Buttigieg with 43,195. So, yes, that analysis was was donkey crap. And we still have a potential of one more delegate out there. Yes. Because, of course, Iowa has 41. There's one Roman delegate who is just ready to appoint someone or ready to support someone. At some point, once we get 100% in. So it is likely that it will be 13 to 13 on delegates. This whole thing will be a wash. But the idea uh, that Bernie Sanders doesn't have the right to be confident or to tell his audience that he believes that he won because it's not even a belief. It's just a mathematical fact. That Um, Yeah, that's disingenuous. But the media narrative is set now because Biden is looking like more and more. Well, that's gone. 
Yes, but now Buttigieg is there. I think that Buttigieg is now going to be their guy. They're going to crown him, Maybe. and 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 once he goes away, what is going to happen? They're they're going to bring in Bloomberg. Like, no, no. They, I think I think Bloomberg is the secret, the secret uh, person in the waiting in the wings here. Bloomberg, Did you hear that? Bloomberg got zero yes, percent. Yes, but that's zero. He also percent. hasn't done any campaigning and has. He's like, not going to do any campaigning. He has like ten percent of the 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 poll. No, but that's all national polling data that doesn't matter because it doesn't. Did you did you it's hear this? It's all about local polling data. That's the only thing that matters. He his campaign is reaching out to micro influencers. That's us. Really? Uh, uh, to basically pitch advertisements for him on their Instagram, Twitter. Doesn't he TikTok have a media account? network? Does is he a media <laughs> mogul? Does well, he no, need us? The point is to make him more authentic. He wants to be he wants to be uh like the urban outfitters candidate. He he wants people mm-hmm. to he wants young people to um be yas queening him, you know, well, on on Instagram. What is more authentic but he's than having them, By the way, he's paying them $150 a pop. Not bad. What is more authentic than having Paid prison slave labor as yes. the people who are making keeping your it, robocalls keep it for it realer you. than real. Keeping it real, Michael Bloomberg. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today so you're right the establishment is looking at Buttigieg is it possible that he can get momentum here absolutely again he's gone up in New Hampshire let's take a look at some of the polling data there uh the way that the Iowa just lastly with Iowa the DNC has now come in Tom Perez who you know he's just kind of a Clinton employee uh, appointee total shill I'm just not a Tom Perez fan it is what it is I'm also not really a Keith Ellison fan uh the whole everyone that was supposed to be in charge of the DNC they both sucked um as far as I'm concerned he said that we have to re-canvas which basically just means redo the vote the campaigns are like okay but we're just going to take these numbers whatever the frick they are yeah, we we're taking keep, we gotta keep the show we going gotta go we gotta keep the show moving let's do this february 11th is right around the corner and we have a whole nother uh we got a whole nother campaign ahead of us with new hampshire all right well you want to break down some new hampshire who wants to go to new hampshire travis let's you got it. a hat on yeah that's right you got a hat on so let's new let's hampshire the hat state <laughs> all right here we go what is going to happen in new hampshire Pete Buttigieg, as we said, get, how many times did you did you think that Buttigieg was going to do so well in Iowa? Did you think we were going to be talking Buttigieg? Uh, you know, honestly, I didn't think that Buttigieg would do well at all. I don't, I, I, and I guess now that I think about it, yeah, the entire state of Iowa thinks of the entire state of Iowa thinks of Buttigieg as their precocious grandson. Aww. So I suppose that's why he is doing so well. It's a, it's like a basically all white state. 
Um, and Bernie Sanders was... You know, I hear this all the time, by the way. Everyone's like, oh, it's a white state. It's, it's a, a very white state. It's not no represented... One want, no one wants to live there. It's, it is not a white state because it's racist. It's a white state because oh, everyone is smart. It's just like, I'm going to go. No, it's but it, freezing. I'm absolutely not saying it's supposed to be racist, but it's like it's not representative of, of the country no. as a whole. And, and spe- of course, specifically not for the Democratic Party, uh, in which is you know obviously another big issue where it's like, why do we have to start here? Uh, which I understand. And quite honestly, I think Iowa needs to be lumped into Super Tuesday. You no longer get to be first because this isn't the first time they have messed up, nor will it be the last. No. Because evidently they just can't. Midwesterners, I love the Midwest. But, you know, we're just not on city time. Things take longer. And in this day and age, we are faster than ever. And maybe we just don't need to be first. Iowa should be last. And then they could say, but look, we decided the end, and hopefully by that point, as usual, it won't matter at all. It should just be a swing state that that uh, that does it. South Bend Mayor Indiana, South Bend uh, Mayor, of course, Buttigieg, he shot up four percentage points. He is now at 23% uh, in New Hampshire. Bernie Sanders at 24%. Obviously, both of those well within the margin of error. So it is up for grabs in New Hampshire. Elizabeth Warren is at 13 and Joe Biden is at 11%. Uh, The latest tracking poll comes as Buttigieg and Sanders again are locked in this dead heat. Uh, This is what Buttigieg had to say at a Manchester town hall. He says, it's fantastic news to hear that we won. I want to say that Senator Sanders had a great night too, and I want to congratulate him and his supporters. Meanwhile, the Senator uh, Bernie Sanders campaign uh, says tonight's release of data by the Iowa caucuses confirms that Bernie Sanders won the Iowa caucuses. Both both of their crowds absolutely thrilled about this information. And as we just talked about, it's probably more of a boost for Buttigieg, but also more of an indication that Bernie's campaign holds water. It is a tried and true vessel that will continue uh, to float down this primary season and, uh, you know, make some massive waves. Buttigieg and Bernie, how important is New Hampshire? What do you think? Well, it, this the, basically, to me, seems like the first this is real the first, test. Yes, absolutely. And I, and I, you know, I didn't think Buttigieg would do well in Iowa, but I, I really don't think he's going to do as well as Sanders in New Hampshire. If Buttigieg does do well in New Hampshire, now Iowa is a bit of Bernie country as well, but New Hampshire, Northeast, obviously that's Bernie country, being a Brooklyn guy, and then obviously out of Vermont as a senator. If Bernie does not win, he doesn't have to be big, but it has to be definitive. We can't have another tie. Right. Bernie will win New Hampshire. I, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, who knows? I, I mean, because as, now we have the Biden support, as we talked about, with the biggest thing in, in Iowa to come from Iowa is that Biden is limping. He's about to be shot in the head. He's about not, you know, proverbially shot in the head like an injured deer. They're going to put him out of his misery at some point in the very near future. I have a feeling his firewall is South Carolina if he can even get there. And I also think that the idea that he has all the black support in the world, I don't think the voter turnout in the African-American community is going to be very high because I don't think there's a lot of enthusiasm for Joe Biden. So I think that entire point is kind of moot. Well, and then Buttigieg has no black support. But where does that? Well, yes, but with the low voter turnout that we're that the 
I'm I am predicting personally in South Carolina and heavier black states uh, with when it comes to the Democratic primary. I don't see the black vote being super energized in this election. It's very similar to 2016, where Hillary got about half the black support that Obama got. Uh, there are reasons for that, both not connecting. And then obviously we have racial politics that no doubt have something to play in that. But where is the Biden support going to go? As we saw with the Iowa caucus, it goes to Buttigieg. So my concern, or not concern, this is just an analytical uh, discussion. What I would say is Biden rolling and limping. Uh, if people who are going to the primary, going to vote in New Hampshire, they look at Biden and they're like, yeah, this dude, he's gone. He's done. Yeah, he was my first choice. But unlike you don't need a caucus to vote for your second choice. You just decide that day and you're like, I'm just going to go with Buttigieg. So I could see Buttigieg picking up a lot of those former Biden supporters who were just like, we gave it a shot. And once again, as we have seen time and time and time and time again, Biden is not electable. So we're going to go with Mayor Pete. And if that happens, then I think Buttigieg could get a big bounce on the flip side of that. Did Elizabeth Warren perform poorly enough in Iowa to make her supporters flee and just go to Bernie? Or does Elizabeth Warren's supporters say, hey, you know, we got 18%, picked up a few delegates, not the worst. We beat Joe Biden. You know, you got eight delegates. You beat Joe Biden. It's certainly not out of the realm of possibility that someone who gets third in Iowa could come back and win the election as a whole. I don't necessarily see Warren supporters jumping ship at this point and saying, well, we had a good run. Let's go support Bernie, which, of course, is the theory that Warren voters would support Bernie and and Biden voters would support Buttigieg. But I could see. So I think that Warren still has a big set of support, has a big amount of support in New Hampshire. But I also believe that Biden, if you're reading the tea leaves, he's done. And then so those people who are like, ah, well, I like Biden, but Buttigieg is my second choice. They go out and they vote for Buttigieg. It could really give him a big jump, which is why I think we saw the 4% increase basically overnight when it came to New Hampshire after Iowa. Well, because, I mean, if you look at Warren's, Warren didn't do as well as she would have liked. Right. But if you're if you're the Warren campaign right now, you beat a former vice president. Um you know, you didn't, it wasn't, it wasn't a total disaster for her. It wasn't a total disaster for her. And I just don't know if the supporters for her in New Hampshire are ready to throw it in and say, well, screw it. The liberal uh, flag holder is going to be Bernie Sanders. So that is my only thing when it comes to Buttigieg. Did Joe Biden disqualify himself in the minds of the American voters? And if so, those votes would then go theoretically to Buttigieg, which could put him over the top against Bernie Sanders. And if Bernie Sanders does lose New Hampshire, that would that would be very bad for him. Uh, No, I'm pretty confident he's going to he's going to pull. He's doing so well in, in polls across all the states, except for. South Carolina, where Biden is inexplicably, you know. Yeah. And again, who knows what happens by the time we get to South Carolina? I don't know. I mean, these, you know, as we saw with the polling data time and time again, it is just not accurate. The biggest if this is where the this is what's so frustrating. If you're if you're the Bernie campaign, this is mildly frustrating. Right. And this is what sucks about being a front runner in New Hampshire. Bernie has been the front runner and he is. 
So the best you could do is win, and that is to meet expectation. The worst you do is not win, is not beat expectation, and you narrowly lose or lose by a larger margin. Buttigieg, even if he gets second, he was polling about third or fourth. So even if he gets second, they can say the momentum is still on our side. Mm -hmm. So it really is a tricky spot. And this is why Iowa matters. This is why these caucuses, this is why, you know, these votes matter so much, uh, which is why we need to have them, you know, mildly more efficient. Well, yeah, now the roadmap is set, though, and now anything that kind of clings to that narrative is is going to is going to boost uh, Buttigieg, though. It will, because expectation politics are just a game of expectations. And so the fact that Bernie has been up in New Hampshire and the fact that it's now neck and neck between he and Buttigieg, it already makes Buttigieg's campaign. It has to make them feel very good, and it has to be mildly worrisome for Bernie because, again, he is expected to win, and even if he... And he was kind of expected to win by a larger margin. Not huge. This is a pretty contested primary. But if he doesn't, if he gets a close second again, man, that's going to be that's going to be rough. That is going to be it's not going to be great. But again, these are the first two states. We got a lot of primary to go. I'm just saying as a um just from an analytical perspective, it seems like Buttigieg was the biggest winner out of Iowa and if he can capitalize with a win out of New Hampshire, you know, that will be that'll be a pretty big deal for his campaign. And I think he just got he benefited so greatly. The biggest beneficiary of Joe Biden's failure was Buttigieg. I think the 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 Iowa caucus does sort of establish um a different kind of tone though for the rest of the contest, which is um wow, the dem- the Democrats are really bad at their own shit. Like the the fact that this was such a bad um contest and was so muddled and so weird um and then yet the the sort of main media narrative is Buttigieg it kind of I feel like it's going to cleave along the lines of anti-establishment i.e. Bernie and then whatever that the the sort of the DNC is is leaning towards and sort of pushing uh their person to be which it's as it stands I think it's it's Buttigieg so I think it's with the anti-establishment fervor I think uh Sanders will get that that whole campaign will get even more energized well, as we go forward i agree there is a huge anti-establishment fervor i wonder if Buttigieg does peel away a little bit of that support though because you know young 37 38 i can't I, he's one of those 37 or 38 he's having a birthday he's on, 38 now he's 38 now happy birthday young gay man um multilingual if we talk about what elects a president oftentimes it's the mirror version of the former president, right, or the current president. So if you look at Obama, Obama was totally opposite than George W. Bush. George W. Bush coming in, evangelical Christian, family values, total opposite of Bill Clinton. Uh, George H.W. Bush, a placeholder. Um, I would say, you know, Ronald Reagan versus Jimmy Carter, total opposite character, total opposite view of government. Buttigieg versus Trump. That's a pretty opposite comparison. Young, again, gay, military service, uh, you know, again, more moderate. But I could see some of the anti-establishment sentiment resonating also with the Buttigieg campaign in context of Buttigieg versus Donald Trump. But again, we are not even close to there yet. 
Um, but of course, closer than we have been in a little while. Well, but uh, so I could yeah. see him peeling away a little bit of that in a, in a general. I think in a lot of people's eyes, Buttigieg represents just a stagnant status quo, though. And basically, Sanders represents the revolutionary ideals. And but the, the, does the country want that? That's the question. I mean, I well, a lot of people want to break out of whatever this is. That is true. <laughs> whatever this is, and uh, Buttigieg wants to like what, um, like be nicer. Is that like I, what? What is his whole ethos? I could go for being nicer. Uh, well, he wants to you know reconstruct the Affordable Care Act from the inside, things like that. I don't think anything on trade. Trade is not going to change whatsoever. He doesn't seem to be an interventionalist. He's not the worst candidate of all time. I, and I do think, again, when it comes to elections being like, who is the opposite of the person in office, Bernie, Trump, or Buttigieg? I think Buttigieg is more opposite than Trump than Bernie is, um, just as far as um, performance style, age, and perception. But, it, I mean, just think about Buttigieg on stage with Trump. It's he'll get, a, He could kill him. He'll, he'll get creamed. I don't know. I absolutely. Uh, I don't see Buddy, the Buddy, Trump thing. But why? Why all of a sudden? I remember when everyone said Trump couldn't win. Everyone's like, "There's no way." And now all of a sudden, everyone's like, "Trump can't lose." I'm like, his debates against Hillary, he sucked. It was only okay because Hillary, in many cases, sucked worse, and he could just say dumb shit, and she would just not even take it seriously enough to confront him. That's what happened with the entire Hillary campaign. They just assumed the American people were smart enough to be like, oh, that's all horseshit. So I'm not even going to mention, I'm not even going to comment on that. And it's like, you have to comment on it. So I don't understand why all of a sudden everyone is like, Trump's so good at debates. No, no. Sounds like a bloviating jackass. I'm saying the opposite. Buttigieg is a bland, uh, like, aphorism using weirdo I, I like he's just gonna get up there and say shit like the shape of our democracy is the issue that affects every other issue and then trump is gonna is gonna i don't know nickname him and who then, cares well the, i don't be, i don't the care WWE about wwe fans watching the debate stage will care don't put wwe fans on this there's a lot of great smart wwe fans out there all right well so we shall see that is the debate that travis and i will be having going forward I will put my Buttigieg cap on if he wins the damn thing. I don't care. I will vote for that little gay man. I I will take him against Donald Trump 10 out of 10 times and thrice on Sunday. That's three times. Yeah. All right. Well, speaking of WWE, let's talk showmanship, shall we? Should we talk State of the Union? Yeah. uh, Rush Rush Limbaugh Limbaugh got the the presidential talisman of power. Yeah, he Um, got it. So he's going to lay waste to all the people that he has uh, targeted with his hate speech. Um, But yeah, that's great. I I, I thought that was an amazing lifetime drama that that we watched. Well, let's talk. Okay, well, we can talk about that first. Uh, So (laughs) I was trying to find, because of course, Rush Limbaugh, he was diagnosed with lung cancer. He loves to smoke those cigars. Ironically, he would bloviate and scream about how cigars don't they don't cause cancer. All this stuff. He was very pro-tobacco for a very long time. Still is. Um, I was trying to figure out like how to frame this when it comes to Rush Limbaugh. And I decided to go with he, he is just as talented as he is vile. He is, and he is yes. extremely talented and he is extremely vile. He I was could talking. Give, he could give one of those master classes on like being a radio hate speech guy. Like, I mean, he is good at radio. He is amazing at radio. And selling the idea of opioids and 
racism. And he is amazing at doing both of those things as well. So this is where he he fits into my. Uh, first of all, I don't celebrate the uh, the illness of anyone, uh, despite that, because that's what he does. Honestly, he used yes. to they used to mock a lot of dying people, uh, specifically when they had AIDS. But with Limbaugh getting a Presidential Medal of Freedom, these awards usually given to war heroes, civil rights heroes, you know, people who really had a positive effect on our country. That was red meat for Trump's audience, and it was just such a slap in the face to so many groups of people that Limbaugh has maligned over the years. Thought that was really that was a really pathetic thing for Donald Trump to do, and I think it um, it lowered even further the um, oh man, just like the I don't want to say sanctity, I guess the prestige of the State of the Union. And again, at this point, I don't even care. State of the Unions are not states of the union they we did not discuss the state of the union they are nothing but lies they're nothing but a two-hour propaganda campaign no matter who is up there i don't care they're never telling you the truth i would just say get rid of them it's just two hours of coverage for the president just going to get free more at more free ad time um for his campaign i don't care whatever get rid of them but rush limbaugh getting the uh, the presidential medal of freedom Man, I remember talking to my mom because my parents loved Rush Limbaugh. And my mom was like, "He's, I just think he's funny. And he he is kind of funny. And again, he's a great radio personality, just as good as he is vile. Uh, but he really did tarnish uh, an entire generation of boomers in this country. If you want to look at the power of Rush Limbaugh, when Newt Gingrich came into office in 90, uh, what was it, 96, um, it was called the Limbaugh Congress. Limbaugh literally was a kingmaker for the Republican Party. If if you got in Limbaugh's good graces, you were not guaranteed to win, but you were given a massive boost. So that is why Limbaugh literally was the catalyst for Trumpism. He began with getting Newt Gingrich in there, with getting all of these just disgusting, just these sleazy uh people that are just unprincipled folks who don't care about the will of the american people who only care about corporate interests and lining their own pockets limbaugh was the beginning of that within the republican party he also was one of the main reasons he kind of came to power under reagan that's when his show started to kind of really take off and and of course the anti-government stance that ronald reagan would have you know government isn't the solution government is the problem despite the fact expanding the government uh, more than any president up to that point and of course expanding the prison system not quite as much as Bill Clinton did. He was the great, he was the goat at expanding the U.S. prison system. But Limbaugh is a really significant personality. And another reminder, words matter, and what you choose to do with them can have a greater good or a greater uh, negative. And in my personal opinion, because of Rush Limbaugh, we have seen this country deteriorate. One of the reasons we talk all the time about partisanship we talk about how we're so polarized and rush limbaugh understood polarization was great for his bottom line sells ads if you have a target demo 18 to 40 that is right wing pro gun uh pro whatever hunting pro what whatever it might be you can lump all of those things in go into a marketing meeting and be like here's your audience and they will say, awesome, here are your tactical sunglasses, and here are your uh, my, male vitality pills. 
Thank you for slinging our goods, and you're going to be richer than God. Yeah, this is the guy. I'm just looking at. <laughs> I'm looking at uh, Rush Limbaugh's most racist quotes. Oh my! Uh, <laughs> how long is that? <laughs> that is, it's quite long. Yeah. Uh, here's just a here's a more like tame one. Um, look, let me put it this way: the NFL all too often looks like a game between the Bloods and the Crips without any weapons. There, I said it. That was like, on ESPN <laughs> when ESPN was like, "Let's let's get this guy as a sports commentator in a league that mostly has African American dudes." Probably not good. He also made fun of Donovan McNabb, saying he's only there because he was a black quarterback, uh, despite the fact I believe there was about three in history before Donovan. Yeah, well, that at least that little quote was like a little poetic. There's one that just says, we need segregated buses, period. Period. <laughs> like, period. Like, okay, well, okay, I, but, I can't argue with that. That's the I, end of I the mean, sentence. I mean, I wish they had, I wish he had, I wish the lights had dimmed in the State of the Union and then Trump was like, let's listen to some of uh, Russia's most precious gems. And then he, we get to hear all of these. And then so that it's on its face, it's just naked and it's there. And we just know well, that we're in the, we're in the presence of a racist wizard. One of the only, uh, one of the segments that Limbaugh used to do, I don't know if you remember this. No, I don't. Never listen. My to parents it. listened to this, and my I believe my mom actually called in and told him to stop. <laughs> he would play the sounds, obviously in the context of being pr- very pro life, but he would play the sounds of what it, what a baby screaming and getting sucked into vacuums and oh stuff. Oh my god! Uh, it was very dark humor, and then he would laugh. Um, and then people would be like, Rush, that really hurts my feelings, of course, uh, because it was he was speaking to soccer moms all over the country and they didn't really want to hear uh, the death screams of a fetus being sucked up into a vacuum. So Rush went there sometimes. Uh, he was he was a uh, he went there. He went there. He was always trying to uh, to shock the audience. It's just unfortunate. He's another guy given his natural skill as an orator. It's just unfortunate that yeah. he chose to um, be such a colossal, uh, just a really a divisive, colossal American uh, nightmare. It's no, really unfortunate because he, he could have done a lot of good. He got the Medal of Freedom. Well, he got the Medal of Freedom. So there you go. I, I seriously do not uh, think that that was appropriate. But you know what? That is one of the many non appropriate things that were said at the State of the Union. Let's talk about a few of the biggest lies. This is the one that I wanted to talk about the most, uh, and there's many more to get to. Donald Trump says, we will always protect patients with pre-existing conditions. Okay. Yeah. That sounds great. Yeah, cool. I love that. I love that about, it's one of the most important aspects of the ACA, of Obamacare. That is so important to protect people with pre-existing conditions because life is a pre-existing condition i got blood clots and uh, i'm sure i am full of pre-existing conditions (laughs) i want to see you in a shirt that says life is a pre-existing condition it really is but ironically enough donald trump he goes there just says this sentence when in reality of course the trump administration is currently in an ongoing court case this case has been going on for years now they are trying to repeal the Affordable Care Act, and of course, that is including its guarantee that patients can't be denied coverage for pre-existing conditions. Republicans in Congress have tried for years to repeal the whole law. Uh, Trump has not presented a plan to cover the gaps in case the court challenge is successful. Moreover, he has promoted short-term plans uh, that are not required to cover pre-existing conditions. 
Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today so the donald trump this is why the state of the unions are such dog dog crap just telling the american people that he's going to protect pre-existing conditions as he is currently in court fighting for the aca to be repealed the aca protected pre-existing conditions not just that in the policies that they have said that they want to replace the aca with those do not have protections for pre-existing conditions and it's just for those things, I won't, I wish there was almost like a maybe I should try to do like a mystery science 3000 or something. But there needs to be some way that the American people can listen to that and then like see the truth, like almost a fact checking pop, pop up video. You're describing like pop VH1's pop up video, but not one of these CNN chirons because they're all just they don't tell you anything. Yes, a pop up video with truth. That would be amazing because at this point you have millions of people just watching this man go unchecked Mm -hmm. for two hours. It's the Trump show. Great. Nancy Pelosi can roll her eyes all she wants. Yeah. No one. No one knows why she's doing it. Um, Whatever. It just honestly makes everyone look juvenile because they're a bunch of boomers and a bunch of children. That's the way the boomer generation is. Not the ones listening. You guys are good. But it's like. The fact that Donald Trump can just go up there and speak to millions of people and blatantly lie like that about something as important as our health is why the State of the Union, I don't even know if the damn sh- thing should be televised anymore. Well, and I can't, it was hard to watch too because, um, you know, a lot of people were saying, oh, this is like the most divisive State of the Union to date or whatever. Uh, not divisive enough. I think... <laughs> People can, like, murmur and uh, Nancy Pelosi can rip up the script. Get, like, UK parliamentary style. Like, start hitting people with canes. <laughs> bring out bring out a guy in, like, knight's armor and just, like, have him start screaming in, in Trump's face. Uh, it It's not divisive enough for but me. But do you remember when, uh, oh, my God, what was his name? Joe something. When he oh, yelled yes. at Obama. Liar. You lied. And everyone's like, I can't believe he did that. No, that needs, to happen. that needs to happen like all the time. It doesn't matter. I don't care who does it. It, just, it needs to become more uh, natural for people to sure. have these outbursts because this is ridiculous. Rush Limbaugh getting a Medal of uh, Freedom. No, the Dems, just they just sit there and they actually, in some ways, they Trump made them look horrible because there was some uh, times where it's just like, I don't care. Just stand up and applaud for the child. It's very easy. Just do whatever. Um, but yes, then when he says something blatantly lie, don't a blatant lie, don't just sit there. Feel free. Yeah, I agree. The parliamentary system is a lot of fun to watch. It's a uh, it's much more a political UFC than the political WWE that we have. Trump also said, going back to health insurance briefly, he said, before I took office, before I took office, health insurance companies had more than doubled in just five years. Health insurance premiums, rather, had more than doubled in the in just five years. I moved quickly to provide affordable alternatives. Our new plans are up to 60% less expensive. Why is it 60% less expensive? If that is, that, that is a debatable number. 
It is less expensive for some of these plans, but the reason is because there's very little coverage. Uh, they provide less protection. As for the doubling in health insurance premiums, that claim is based solely on a White House report that has some, let's just say, uh, less than honest people working on it. So the reason that if you do have health insurance and the reason that it may be cheaper is because you have worse health insurance, worse coverage, and again, is something that is... Um, needs to be not health healthcare i know in today's it, it it is a political ping pong i just wish we could get past this because it's such an important thing and to be used as a political wedge issue people are just dying as we politicize our health yeah i mean it's well, insane. That, that was basically the state of the union because trump gets to use like soldiers deaths and the returning family members from uh, overseas you're against the returning family members no i'm at, i'm uh, i'm against the the actual like reality showification of it yeah. yeah um it made me want to hurl watching him like and here's my he like opened a secret door and brought out a soldier for the the mother and the child to like weep uh for it, it's just he, he is he, he he took a page out of uh you know, Bill Shine. Who, wait, who is Bill Shine again? Bill Shine is the dude who was in charge of Fox News. Basically, he was the dude right under Roger Ailes. But yeah, this, so he knows. Uh, no, I totally agree. Uh, and that's one of the things that's difficult about this when it comes to Donald Trump's State of the Union approach. When you see the fa the father reuniting with the family, yes, I I mean obviously I'm a human being. That's very sweet. But then you also put your cynics cap on. And you see them as like, oh, well, you're just pawns. Uh, it's just so sad that you would cheapen this moment. Yeah. I think once you, as soon as Donald Trump brings you out, like you've just won something, uh, you know, on um, on Wheel of Fortune um, or The Price is Right, and it's something as important as a child reuniting with their father, it just cheapens the entire thing. And I think that that is... The, if you're going to complain about that, that is the complaint to be made, not criticizing the family, but just criticizing Donald they, Trump. Uh, they genuinely didn't know that that was going to happen. They genuinely like. did not know that was going to happen. And I'm very happy they're together. I'm happy that man's alive. I'm happy the family is together. But the way that Donald Trump just, it just cheapens the entire thing. You know, thing. I, uh, I went to see... Shania Twain in concert. You did. I heard she's great in concert. Uh, maybe two years ago, and at one point in the show, she got on what it's she sort of got on top of what seemed to be like a sex swing, and uh, I know I've heard that about and, that. And she just was like soaring across the Barclays Center, and behind her were projected images of U.S. soldiers as she sung a song about patriotism, and you know what? That had about. 5,000 times more dignity than the, the State of the Union Shania, address. That's where it belongs. That is where good old patriotism belongs. A beautiful singer, Shania Twain, singing a song on a swing. That's what I want. I was really impressed. That's very impressive. That's very impressive. And just lastly, this is another huge lie from Trump's State of the Union address. He says, since my election, the net worth of the bottom half of wage earners has increased by 47 percent, three times faster than the increase for the top one percent. OK, people in the bottom half have essentially no wealth. 
they have about 1.6% of the nation's total wealth. People, can you believe that? The bottom half of our country has 1.6% of the total wealth. Have you seen the pie video? I've seen the pie video. Okay. That's that's my, that's when I ran for Brooklyn Borough President. I had 0.2% more. Uh, so 1.6% of the nation's wealth is held by the bottom half. Uh, the top 5% hold more than 70% of all net worth in the United States. So when Donald Trump says he has increased wage earners or increased wages uh, for low income earners by 47%, What's what's for what what's a thousand times zero? It is technically sure. That's great. They still have one point six percent of the total cash in this country. The top the the bottom fifty percent. So you've increased. If you got if you've given someone a bigger box of dog shit, it's still just a box of dog shit, and that is something that has to be pointed out. It's trickle up economics, as we've seen, not even trickle, it's heavy flow hmm. uh, up economics. The only thing that trickles down is the cost. So when Donald Trump said he has raised uh, you know, wages 47 percent for um, the, the lowest 50 percent of this country, it's although that might be that might sound very nice. It really is nothing. Uh, compared to how much the top five, top 1% have earned under this administration. So just wanted to clear that up because Donald Trump, his form of populism, he throws red meat to those groups of people, to the people who are struggling, people who do want uh, you know, to get jobs back, people who want manufacturing jobs back. He also talked about manufacturing. The vast majority of manufacturing jobs are with employees of five people or under, which is great. I'm very happy for all those manufacturing jobs and for those companies. But this idea that it's some big manufacturing boom is not accurate. So when he says numbers like that, we have to look at the base number um, and then we can say, wow, the 47% increase doesn't really even make a dent in the massive problem of wealth inequality in this country. Absolutely. So, that's it on the State of the Union. Uh, that's all I really have to say, other than the horse and pony show that it was. The superficial stuff is Donald Trump didn't shake Nancy Pelosi's hand. And Nancy Pelosi had a premeditated ripping of the speech moment where you could see the pre-cuts did you see that stupid thing you could see where they like a staffer like a poor staffer had to like take a little (laughs) take a little exacto knife and cut them for her and then she ripped up the speech and the fact that so many people um like latched onto that and cheerleaded that it, it does not bode well for us whatever <laughs> it does not Who bode cares? well for us that that is like the most powerful thing that someone can do uh against the president it just doesn't change anything. it does not so, so it just I does not it just, it just does not bode well for the rest of uh rest of the year it just overall okay so that's that is uh the superficial stuff also alexandria ocasio-cortez she said i'm not showing up cool i don't no one should show up. Nobody. Yeah, just I, don't show up. That w- that is the right thing to do. Doesn't matter. I, I, it's not the right or just don't don't do it. Don't no, televise it, it and whatever. As a viewer, I did the uh, I did the Uncle Abe gif, the Simpsons gif, where he walks in, takes his hat off, puts it on the coat rack, 
takes a spin, grabs his hat, and leaves. It's <laughs> perfect. That's, that's 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 the way to um, engage with the State of the Union. Yes, it was indeed uh, not the accurate depiction of the State of our Union. Grandpa Abe, not Uncle Abe. Grandpa Abe. Grandpa love, Abe. He's a war hero. Um, all right. So yes, just final point on that. Good clap back, Nancy, and for Trump. That was you really didn't shake her hand. The wow, resistance, was... the the resistance to Trump is now I think more than ever deliberately being done as like gif fodder. It's it four gifs. That's all oh, it God. is. It does nothing but it does nothing oh, but allow God. us to make more gifs where Nancy is wearing sunglasses. Nancy, and... by the way, is the second wealthiest person in Congress. Uh, I believe the first might be Mitch McConnell. She doesn't know you. She doesn't care about you. Um, she is, is just as she really is why we have Trump, just sort of similar to why Romney is a reason potentially why we are uh, why we have why we got Donald Trump as a rebuke of these people. Just whatever. Good job. Where are you? Did you watch that? Pos- uh, pass some policies. The, please. the Romney documentary. I admit. Yeah, of Mitt, course I did. It was great. He really is like a, a human bowl of tapioca. He just like he, is, he just like uh, scrutinized his own ironing of shirts and like he did. He, it was I a, loved it. It was a definitely made him look uh, like a human being the yep. best that he could look like a human yep, like being, like a flesh covered robot. And of course, Mitt, I don't have anything against him uh, as a human being personally. Again, he is a member of a cult, but that is what it is. I guess there's a lot of people out there like that. Um. He's just, you know, he's in a corporate elite who doesn't fully understand how um, people struggling in this country suffer day to day, uh, doesn't understand certain things um, that I would like to see politicians understand. Uh, but of course, now the irony is, as we've been talking about ad nauseum on this show, whether it be John Bolton or Mitt Romney, the press loves Mitt Romney this week because he had the courage to stand up and say guilty on article one which was the abuse of power claim so let's go through this not guilty they got 52 obviously strictly on partisan lines almost except for one Mitt Romney vote giving the Dems a total of 48 yes votes so Republicans 52 Democrats 48 Obstruction of Congress. This is Article 2 of impeachment. 53, no. So Mitt's back on board with the Republicans here. 47%, yes. Donald Trump was hoping that he could get a couple of Dems like uh, Doug Jones, maybe a Joe Manchin type. Uh, He was not able to do that. Joe Manchin has some pretty big support in West Virginia. Maybe the riskiest vote was yes to impeach by Joe Manchin. Of course, West Virginia, Donald Trump carried it by, I believe, 66 percentage points. Joe Manchin is a well-loved senator there, but this is probably going to hurt him politically more than anyone. Uh, When it comes to Mitt Romney, Utahans, Utahns, uh, he is down about 5 to 10 percentage points, judging by what poll you look at. He's still over 51 percent as far as support. 49% 49% now disapprove Mitt Romney. However, he's not up for re-election for another five years. He is 
Utah's golden son. He is the Mormon golden boy. If he even does run for re-election in five years, I would assume this won't resonate and this won't be something remembered because Trumpism will be gone at that point, even if Donald Trump does manage to get re-elected. So Mitt Romney, everyone being like, I can't believe he put his political career on the line. He didn't, and I guarantee you if this was an election year, he would have voted not to impeach. So Mitt Romney is going to be just fine. Joe Manchin really put his neck out. We'll see what happens when it comes to that Senate race. And Doug Jones. Doug Jones of Alabama, of course, he is the man who barely beat accused pedophile Roy Moore. Uh, theocrat, one of the worst judges in this country. Roy Moore is a total scumbag. And is if you want to look at implicit white supremacy in the judiciary, look no further than Roy Moore. Uh, he is disgusting. When it comes to Doug Jones, uh, he also will be taking a political hit to vote when he voted to impeach Donald Trump. He's only at 41% now with the Alabama voters. My only concern here is strategically, and I want to ask Travis about this here and throw this out for conversation, should Joe Manchin and Doug Jones just voted no? just to protect, potentially protect these two Senate seats. That is my only concern is, once again, the Democratic Party, as we saw under Obama with losing 1,000 House seats uh, all across the country, would it have just been smarter for Joe, for Joe Manchin? Because we know that they're not going to get the two-thirds. If you're a Democrat, you need to keep as many senators as possible and hopefully pick up some seats. Doug Jones is probably not going to win re-election anyway. Joe Manchin, on the other hand, most likely has has a good chance of winning re-election, but now has left himself vulnerable. Of course, Joe Manchin, I believe, also supported Kavanaugh for political reasons. My only thing is, would it have just been smarter, given the fact that he will not be impeached, if Doug Jones and Joe Manchin just said no? No, because one of the things that is true about conservatives in the current climate is they don't award points for siding with them they don't they don't care if doug jones said no what would that have got him i don't think he would have gotten anything except he would have shunned his own party and he would have got no pat on the back or no support from the people that would have been uh would have benefited directly from that vote mm -hmm. sure okay i can see that it's it's you know what right now you stick to your your team. That's pretty much even what if it you're going to be gone because Doug yeah. Jones is in an election year this year. And What's it's the like point he of could giving them any kind of bon mot? Like what? What? Like what? What is because it? Because we were trying to. Keep, the Democratic Party needs to keep senators. But I don't. I just don't. I mean, think if you're Joe Manchin right now, and I understand what you're saying with Doug Jones, especially because yeah. it's like I think he's kind of damned if he does. Damned yeah, if he no, doesn't. It doesn't. I think it doesn't he's matter. gone. I think it was a. It wasn't a. Well, it was a fluke. Honestly, he was his election obviously been a special election uh, election filling the seat uh, left by that little worm. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God! What was the name of that little worm? I can't believe I'm totally blanking on little worm guy. Hold on, let me type in child. <laughs> what was he like? A child molester? <laughs> no, he was no, not Roy Moore. Oh wait, was that not the same? No, I'm thinking of uh, I'm thinking of the dude who was AG for a moment. Oh, my God. What the hell? Oh, I, I've been thinking about this man for years and years. 
Little weird wormy Wait, man. Jeff Sessions. Jeff Sessions. Oh, geez. there yeah, we yeah, go. Yeah. The old Sessions. So that election was a very special election. Obviously, Jeff Sessions and Donald Trump. The reason I couldn't think of his name is because he's the name that won't be uttered. Uh, he's completely forgot about already. Can you imagine that? Uh, so that election was very special between Doug Jones and Roy Moore. Uh, of course, Roy Moore being an outside candidate, even by Alabama Republican standards. Uh, they wanted to go with another dude, a big old dude. I'm blanking on his name out, too. But uh, nonetheless, that was a special, special case. And Doug Jones was able to squeak out a victory against Roy Moore. Even if you take away the uh, the, the claims of being a, a child predator, um, he, his policies are horrible. His, his entire um, political and worldview are awful. And I would like to believe that Doug Jones would have beaten him anyway, although unfortunately I don't think he would have. So Doug Jones is probably already on the chopping block. Joe Manchin, on the other hand, I uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure if it was. It definitely was not advantageous for him. The question is, can he take the hit from the Trump supporters in his state? Uh He's leveraged himself uh, pro-Trump on many things. So perhaps he says, well, I've given Trump a lot of stuff. We know he's not going to be impeached. I'm going to vote for my party. I'm going to vote with my party on this. Because as Travis said, and I think that is a good point, he still needs support from the Democrats in West Virginia, despite the fact they're not necessarily the biggest in number. But if he would have undermined his entire political base, uh, that may have hurt him more unless he just switches to Republican, which I also think is possible for Joe Manchin, although with the with the no vote, nope. he's uh, it's, less likely. Nope, not possible now. Not possible now, although, you know, obviously Mitt being the one. There were some people who tried to spin this as like Donald Trump wanted to get some Democrats and he wanted to make sure that it wasn't just partisan. And in fact, the people who said impeach got a Republican and Mitt Romney and all this stuff. But W's are W's. And as I've been talking about, this has been a, uh, I, the whole thing is a freaking, it's, it's all just going to be a political, uh, it's going to be uh, a political campaign for Donald Trump, acquitted, exonerated, no, acquitted, yes, and in the minds of the American people, I don't think they care, they don't really parse it, it's like, okay, whatever, he's not out of office, so, as we've been saying, win an election, and hopefully the Democratic Party can get those elections right as we go forward in this primary season. Um, all right. So those are the biggest news stories of the week. Big news stories of the week. It's exciting to talk about actual votes being cast, whether them being <laughs> counted or not. That's a whole nother story. State of the Union. That's a once in a year lie fest. And of course, impeachment. Hopefully once uh, every four years. It, it every, only comes like once every four years. Impeachment. Like a groundhog, uh, seeing its shadow. Hopefully, uh, we don't have too many more impeachment trials going forward. Hopefully, we can get some, you know, stability back to government. But at this point, uh, we are far away from that. So we shall keep you updated on what's going on. And thank you all so much for listening to Able Against Top Bat. Again, you can listen to us exclusive on Spotify February 14th. We're so excited. That's Valentine's Day. Um, apparently, if you go to uh, Burger King and you have a picture of an ex-girlfriend, they give you a free Whopper. Is that real? That's true. I don't know how it's going to work, but that is true. Um, all right, everyone. Well, thank you all so much for listening. Oh, and also I have some future road dates coming up, but I will let you know about that for the documentary Hail Yourself America. All right, everyone. Thank you all for listening. Hail yourselves. We'll talk to you soon. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. 
For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. <laughs>